0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 79 of the Quickie Podcast. How are you? You doing good? That's good to hear. I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Today, my guest is Emily Chung. She is a freelance graphic designer and lettering artist out of Vancouver. Her first job out of design school was at Whole Foods Market, where she was part of the marketing team as a graphic artist. We talk about that, and she was also there during that whole Whole Foods Amazon transition which might have been around the time she started looking for other opportunities. Maybe. You'll have to listen to hear if that's true. We also talk about the injury that she had, a pretty serious injury, that caused her to sit down and find the clarity that she needed to slow down and find clarity in the direction of design and what she wanted to do with design. With The little bit she learned then and it caused her to take the time for continued learning and more learning about design. We talk about the project that was the most challenging for her, and I don't want to give too much away for it, but I will say this, detergent jugs, tube top, tutu, yeah, you'll have to listen for that one. We talk about the project she's the most proud of, and it's a family project that she did combining sort of design and art, um, and she talks about that one and how special that is to her. I really enjoy chatting with Emily. She has a great, excited personality, so much fun. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this one. My guest, Emily Chung. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the
2: daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field,
0: and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hello, Emily. Thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. Believe me. Um, I don't like to waste too much time. It is the quickie podcast. So I like to dive right in. So I'm going to ask you the hardest question first. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
2: Um, I'm Emily. I'm a graphic designer and lettering artist based here in Vancouver.
0: Easy, right? Easy peasy. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. Awesome. And you have been freelancing for how long now?
2: Um, full time freelancing kind of a year and a half. But I, I, I mean, I don't know about every other designer, but I feel like every designer, you're freelancing basically from the time you get out of school till yes. you get the job that's gonna keep
1: you going.
0: <laughs> exactly. till you get the <laughs> job that just doesn't give you the time to freelance.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: The rest of the time you're freelancing.
1: Right.
2: basically.
0: <laughs> Perfect. And before freelancing, what were you up to?
2: Before freelancing, um, my first job out of design school was with Whole Foods Market, and I was part of the marketing team as a graphic artist. Yep,
0: awesome! So Whole Foods Market, love Whole Foods. <laughs> you got a you had a discount there, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. excellent.
0: <laughs> you got excellent.
2: One of the best parts of the job, <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, of course. So, were you at Whole Foods when the whole Amazon thing went down, or was that after you left?
2: I was, um, and it was part of part of my reason for leaving
0: got so, it just I'd, like been it. Yeah, I'd been the there
2: yeah I'd been there for two years um so by that time I'd gotten better at the job and the job had gotten a little easier or changed or different and uh yeah it was time to
0: move on got it no good thing so you ripped off the band-aid and you're out freelancing
2: yeah yeah awesome. still singing but you know
0: <laughs> um now I want to ask you about your childhood and what that was like. Um, do you feel that you had a creative childhood and what made it that way?
2: Um, creative, let's say, sort of.
0: Okay. Sort of. Okay. Um
2: creative things I would say were encouraged. I mean, I like to draw growing up, that was fine. I like to play with clay. I like to get my hands dirty and play with, you know, anything, and that was mm-hmm. um, that was fine. I've been I was enrolled in dance for for years. Um for creative things. But, um, that being said, I, I, I guess I come from a very sort of safe conventional group of career paths that, um, going into a creative industry is, is a very scary, very not something you do kind of path. It's take. not
0: a traditional route.
2: It is not a traditional uh-huh. route whatsoever. No. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was like, sure, go go play. But when it came to school, I I, mean, I originally went in thinking I have to, it'd have to be something way more academic, way more mm-hmm. yeah, conventional, traditional. So it was a while before I ended up where I am now.
0: Okay, so did you have any other creative influencers in your family around you that could help encourage that route? Or were you literally branching out on your own in a new direction for your family?
2: I am, um, I think... I might be just the only one that's fully a creative.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that, but I do think that a number of them, had they decided to go into a creative industry, they they would have fared well. They're 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 crafty. They're um, they're handy. Mm-hmm. They can they can make stuff. They can figure out solutions. Um, it's just a matter of choosing a path, and they didn't go down that one. So,
0: got it. So, would you say that you were? encouraged though eventually in the creative direction or was it an initial encouragement or did it take some time
2: it definitely took some time i think it was more a matter of okay she's (laughs) she's tried going down a more conventional route and it's just not gonna happen she always ends up back in something Mm
1: -hmm.
2: creative and um now that i am where i am there's obviously full support and encouragement yeah. behind it. Um, there's always a little worry. I come from a family of warriors. So, I mean, there's always oh, a worry. That, of course,
0: it's like par- <laughs> parents, right? They have to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the traditional route that you had approached before finally going, okay, I tried. It's not for me.
2: Okay. So straight out of high school, I ended up just going to SFU. Okay. Um, and I did a degree in English and communication.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, At the very end of that um, bachelor's degree with the communication, I actually took, I don't know if it was, it was some kind of design course. So it touched on mostly InDesign and we kind of did like an ad, redo, a rebrand. And that was my first time kind of ever seeing InDesign or Mm -hmm. realizing that that graphic design was was a thing. Like, I I don't know where it was all that other time, but (laughs) realized it kind of was a thing. But Um, so I just touched on the one course, barely knew how to use InDesign and, uh, went off into the world and was working, you know, your basic retail stuff. Um, I was doing visual merchandising. I kept trying to intern and volunteer at sort of different kind of creative things. One was a magazine, one was I think fashion week, um, floating around for a little bit. Um, and then I actually, I took up soccer, (laughs) um, took up soccer and blew out my knee. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I blew up my knees. So um, I was actually on crutches for for a while. And then during that time, I was like, oh, remember that? That, like, InDesign program? We tried. <laughs> why don't Why don't we go learn how to use that? And then that'd be cool. We can do something while we're sitting on our butt
1: mm-hmm. doing
2: nothing. So um, I just enrolled at uh, BCIT and started taking InDesign. I took Illustrator. I took Photoshop. And by the time I'd taken... All those courses, I was halfway through um, a certificate. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. So I just kept
0: going. <laughs> <laughs> I just so, kept learning.
2: I just kept going. kind of snowballed. So um, yeah, pop goes the knee. And then the rest is history.
0: <laughs> gotcha. So all you needed was a nearly catastrophic injury to point you in the correct direction. <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. Excellent. Hey, sometimes we all need a wake-up call. Right, Emily? <laughs> um take us back to when you first started noticing design in the world you had been circling around it yeah. for years was there a moment where you really noticed it and went that's design that's what I want to do
2: Ooh, um probably when I I mean like I said that last course was kind of an eye over I started really I was like oh right ads that's graphic design and that's you know, there you start seeing, you look at the newspaper and or whatever else, and you start seeing what looks like a good ad, what looks like a bad ad. I think mm-hmm. the biggest one a lot of people can look at is when you go to a restaurant, looking at the menus and stuff and the font choices. And so those things had probably been a part of it. But but really, until I started going to BCIT and Emily Carr, then I think that was the big, right, typography as a thing. Type setting is a thing that these tiny little things all play into really good
0: Design. Mm -hmm. So you really started noticing what was not done right.
2: Yes, (laughs)
0: that stood out to you first.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then later made the connection of, oh, that's how you improve it. You improve it through design.
2: You improve it, and it is in fact a thing you can do that people go to school for and then do for a living.
0: Perfect. I want to know if there's, you know, one particular design or one particular piece of art, illustration, or logo, or something that stands out to you as the most influential on your journey to this career?
2: Um, I mean, I guess you can take a step back and look at any of the kind of big brands, Apple or Coca-Cola, any of those, and think about those as a brand. But um, I know for me and probably anybody else, a first your first job is kind of a hugely influential mm-hmm. Um, parts so Whole Foods was um, an amazing experience and and an amazing first job to look at um, mm. working as an as a sort of an in, basically an in house uh, designer to look at how they've created a brand that carries across you know several countries um, mm. for different uh, uh, regions and places and um, how it's consistent how um, they've used color they've used font they've used photography that that carries over no matter what. Mm. Um, I mean, working with food and puns are still some of my favorite things and still carry into my work work now. Um, and it also, working there, opened my eyes because I worked as a chalk artist um, to the world of lettering, which, again, was something else like I hadn't realized was a thing until mm-hmm. so we started doing said thing. And then, okay, it's a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so your introduction to being, to sort of lettering in that way was yes. through your work at Whole Foods.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember working on school projects where you'd you'd be copying fonts, like tracing, kind of tracing over them to do right. them and I mean that at the time I guess that you were lettering, but you wouldn't have known it as yeah. lettering. So, yeah, just working at Whole Foods um starting to develop kind of my own style mm-hmm. um and get creative and play. Yeah.
0: That's cool. All right. So you painted an early career picture here for me. Okay. Um and, but I want to know if there is a designer or a brand that you currently look up to or closely follow, and what is it about them that you like?
2: Okay, um, I mean there are a number of design studios in in Vancouver mm-hmm. that are amazing. Yep. Um, let me think. Glassford and Walker for one of them. I'm sure if you ask any any designer in Vancouver or you know design student, that one comes up a lot and they just have um, such a, a signature style that's, that's theirs, but
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: still unique for every, for every brand they create. And I mean, they work in food and beverage a lot, so love that too. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of lettering artists, um, j- both Jessica Hish and Martina Floor are, are amazing lettering artists. And they've, mm-hmm. they've got two great books that are amazing resources. So um, working iterations of sketches and whatnot into, into vector work.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, those are some great ones. Some good names for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you a little bit about your process now. Um, okay. And I know you may not feel that your process is unique or special,
2: right? Yeah. Um,
0: but I want you to tell me a little bit about your process and what makes it yours. What makes it your process?
2: What makes it mine? Um, I don't know what makes it mine. Yeah, I definitely think there's probably a lot of crossover for me and other designers or lettering artists. I for mean, sure. once you get the initial brief or the initial, you know, um, here's what we want to do, here's what we want it to look like, I think the first thing is just hop into a sketchbook and um, write down first thoughts, ideas, any kind of visuals that, that come to mind mm-hmm. right away. Um, and depending on whether it's like a designer or lettering project from there, usually work I love working with visuals so mood boards are a big part of my process I know not everybody loves work mm-hmm. but for me visuals are are the easiest quickest way to say yes that's what we were thinking no no that's definitely not it and <laughs> I definitely don't like that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah working with mood boards and then into that we go with revisions 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 and just doing things over and over again especially when it's lettering of work you could be writing or drawing the same thing
1: mm-hmm.
2: over and over and over again, iterations and iterations, get out the tracing paper, um, kind of cutting and pasting in Photoshop to see what works, what doesn't work. And I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes you've gone through pages and pages and, and mucking about with it in Photoshop. And then you look at the first one you did and actually that's, that's it. The more you try and sort of circle around. Yeah. You mm-hmm. tweak it and then you're like, now it's too, it's too contrived. It's too like, you just need to go back to the original one.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm got it so do you have sort of, um when you're working with clients an upfront sort of heavy questionnaire or heavy question document or do you just meet with them chat with them and make notes about things they're saying and get a feel for them to try and put things together
2: i think it's a bit of both okay. i mean i think you have to you have to read every client see how they like to work so definitely meeting them in person mm-hmm. or at least over the phone is a big one so that mm-hmm. you can actually you know, see how well you work together. Um, Working with a designer is definitely a partnership and and collaboration. So I think you have to be able to get along (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, in order to end up with a good project um, and a good finished piece and and, and end up where you want to go so that you do do understand each other. Um, I definitely have a set list of questions that that I have to tackle. I mean, certain things you have to tackle. What what's the finished piece going to be? What size is it going to be printed? Is it, you know, all the, mm-hmm. all the things you need to know there. But um, definitely just kind of get a conversation, get comfortable and uh, see how you'll work together. Got it.
0: Okay, makes sense. Yeah, you kind of have to have that initial, obviously the initial questions of the nuts and bolts of it. You know. Yes. What are yeah. you looking to do yeah. with this? What, in that kind of thing.
2: But, but yeah, building the rapport is, is huge because I mean, a lot of the time I work with a lot of small, small businesses and this is this is their baby this Mm. is their baby so they want to know that it's in good hands there's the trust there yeah
1: yeah
0: definitely 100 (laughs) um the next few questions i have for you take you down a little bit of history lane where you maybe made some mistakes maybe learned some (laughs) lessons (laughs) and i really want to bring those stories up um to torture you and of course to, to, uh, to share those lessons with the listeners so that we can all, um, you know, take a look at our own situations and maybe there's a little nugget that helps somebody through something they're facing right now. Okay. Um, but I'll turn it around. We'll end in a happy place. I promise.
2: Perfect. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Um, probably,
2: I guess there are sort of two, but they run along the same lines as right when I got out of design school Okay. and probably right when I left my job. So both times you're kind of faced with, okay, we have to freelance and is it going to work? And mm-hmm. I think, especially for me, anyone who spends a lot of time alone, kind of in a little hole working by themselves, there's always a lot of self-doubt uh imposter syndrome mm-hmm. especially with when you have things like pinterest and instagram kind of overloading you with all this amazing design work mm-hmm. that um it's really easy to kind of get in your own head and worry about everything you're working on and overthink and and worry that you're not doing the right thing or it's not good enough um
0: yeah <laughs> imposter syndrome <laughs> classic <laughs> right
2: the worst yeah
0: yeah so how do you battle through that stuff what do you what do you do
2: so so both both times what really helped was i said okay if we don't have if we don't have work right now let's make a project um and i think that was one of the biggest thing i learned looking at other designers and other lettering artists was they said make yourself a passion project give yourself a project to work on that you want to work on mm-hmm. um or at least make things so that, you know, you get your creative juices going, you're hands on, you're, you're doing something, you're not just doing nothing and, and sitting there worrying about it more. So mm-hmm. both times I kind of made projects for myself, which were a great way to learn, a great way to boost your portfolio,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and really make things that you were happy with.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: both times that I did that, I ended up a lot happier, worked out with things. And um, you start, you put out the work that you want to do. And, and it actually does bring in the work that you want to do. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um, you had mentioned there, you know, talking about building your portfolio mm-hmm. um, through filling your sort of downtime, for lack of a better term,
1: yeah.
0: um, with, with passion projects and things that you, you know, you may have always wanted to design something like that, creating yeah. that. Um, yeah. Where do you share most of your work? And, What's the the benefit of that? What do you th- feel you gain from that?
1: Um,
2: I obviously have a website and my I would say my projects that either my passion projects I'm most proud of or, you know, important client work kind of go on there. But um, the one for more everyday or little things that I'm working on and in progress stuff would probably be Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is, I have a love hate relationship with, Instagram I'm probably everybody else does too but mm-hmm. it's I mean like I said it, it's one of those things that you imposter syndrome and looking at what's out there and you're just flooded with amazing stuff that makes you wonder if what you're doing is okay but it's also an amazing uh, community to meet other creatives other people in the industry I mean we, we met on Instagram yep. so, um, and it's a great way to learn more stuff connect with other creatives especially creatives that either aren't in Vancouver, they're elsewhere mm-hmm. that are equally passionate about the kind, same kind of stuff that you're working on. So,
0: so a great place for connections and, and just sharing you know, the yeah. raw work, not just the sharing,
2: beautiful things. Yeah, sharing, encouraging, cheering each other on.
0: Um, yeah. That community, sense of community. <laughs> I want you now to take us to a story about a design or a project that you were a part of that did mm-hmm. not go well or bring okay. the desired result um, and what that was like and how that made you feel.
2: Okay. Um, let's see. We could look at one that's not quite design related, but it's probably, it's probably my most embarrassing design story that uh, we could talk about. that
0: one. <laughs> Take us there, Emily. Take us there.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, for, for graphic design, I'm sure everyone's had one where there's, you know, there's a little typo and it gets printed and you're like, Oh my God.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, um, so before I did my degree at SFU, I actually applied to, I thought I was going to do fashion design and I think I applied at Kwantlen, but you had to build a portfolio of pieces. Um, and then they kind of had their sort of wild card thing where they said, you know, you need to take a, um, detergent bottle and, and take an inspiration photo and design an outfit for it. So, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs and we shop at Costco, like mm-hmm. detergent bottles. They're like jugs. Yeah, they're they big are. Square detergent jugs. jugs they're detergent jugs yeah so I had this big box and I'm like how am I going to design an outfit for a jug so I picked my fabric softener which was like a slightly small it's a probably the size of like a milk jug I'm like okay so we need a stretchy basically it was like a stretchy tube top with like a tutu shoved on it
0: okay hang on like literally literally an <laughs> outfit because I was going to ask like yeah. Literally an outfit.
2: Yeah. You okay. supposed to sign a piece. So yeah, it was it was it was it was awful. Like there are no other words for it. It was terrible. And I was like, I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't know what the brilliant solution here is supposed to be. Um so Portfolio of the Day came around and everyone's laid out their pieces and they've all laid out their detergent bottles, which if you shop, I guess smaller store, um, think about Dish detergent comes in sort of a little mannequin shaped
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, bottle. it's got a nice hourglass shape to it. Yeah, it. yeah,
2: yeah, it does. So everyone's cute little outfits fit their nice little detergent bottle. And the light bulb in my head, I just went, "Oh
0: my god, we're not getting
2: into this program." <laughs> <laughs> we have a fabric softener jug sitting up here with everybody else's uh, nice little mannequins. So um, I guess the biggest learning thing there was just that there are different ways of seeing things and interpreting things. Mm-hmm. And um, especially when we look at designs and take a step back and look at it, get other eyes to look at it, get other perspectives. What one person sees, someone might see something
1: mm-hmm.
2: completely different. There might be a very obvious solution that for whatever reason, because you're too far down a hole, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so take a step back and, and <laughs> look and then mm-hmm. review and see if your choices were, in fact, the right choices
0: nice okay so what happened with that do you you laid out your your fabric softener jug wearing a tube top. yeah
2: uh needless to say i did not get into the
0: program (laughs) Um, (laughs) oh yeah that's that's crazy that's different perspectives that's (laughs) that's design thinking at its core (laughs)
1: right
0: i think anyways (laughs) that's a great story emily um what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now?
2: Right now, um, I think just trying to find balance and trying to find a groove and, and you know, see where, where I want to be as a designer, where I want to go as a designer, what mm-hmm. I really want to do and kind of focus on that. I mean, a year and a half, now the first year you're struggling, you're kind of trying to make sure you're not going to just be completely flat broke.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
2: And, you know, working on things, you've always got to work on projects that, you know, pay the bills, but maybe aren't your favorite, but Mm -hmm. you, I think you learn from every experience, every project you have. So those are great to have. And then you can always experiment and play as well. So I think it's right now is just, is growing and trying, you know, trying to figure things out. So -hmm. it's going to be, it's always going to be a learning curve.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you're actively sort of experimenting and challenging yourself.
2: Yes. Um, I mean, I think, I don't even know if I have a signature style
1: mm-hmm.
2: right now. Um, and I think that, especially for lettering, that some people have a signature style. I I like playing with just about everything. For design, it's a lot of what works yeah. best for the plant. Um, but I will definitely try just about anything once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always try and take something creative. So I've been testing out more pottery, learned how to throw... Um, throw pottery on the wheel I have a lot of leaning tower of Pisa (laughs) pots. I've taken Japanese calligraphy um, and then I've also done a tools for women program at uh, Maker Labs um, and that was a really cool experience to take my work from kind of a digital 2D or computer print based thing to take it to a 3D and actually have it out of wood out of acrylic um, using different materials and experimenting that way
0: that's cool. So it really continued learning and, and challenging.
2: Yes, which I mean, I think is the best way to be the best designer or artist that uh, you can be is challenge yourself. And I mean, if you test something for one thing, and it doesn't work, it may apply for something else down the road that you can always utilize.
0: Definitely. It's all experience and all learning, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I want you now to take us to a story. And I'm going to turn this around now to the (laughs) place. So tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing.
2: Okay. It's actually, it's a personal project. So my family, we put together a family history and this was, well, I think it was about four years in the making from the first idea to kind of a push in the last year of Mm. putting it together. But we essentially created a dream project For me, so it's a hardcover, perfect bound book um, that lays out a full family history. um, Kind of profiles on each of uh, my dad's generation of family members. Um, So I got to work with layout and design. Um, and the look and aesthetic for kind of the whole book, and actually dig into kind of the the really nitpicky typesetting stuff that I love doing, and and figuring out solutions for you know like a timeline and how that's going to work for a printed format. Um, but I also got to work on the artwork for it, so I did um, some painting, some Chinese watercolor painting, which I hadn't touched in years, but mm-hmm. I managed to um, do some of that and uh, work that in as well. So it was a really nice tie in between kind of design. And art and combining a lot of things I love to work on into one piece and now to have that as kind of a legacy um, to pass on is just
0: yeah is amazing. A legacy, that's a great one. A, leg- <laughs> a legacy project, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to have I have a sort of practical question now. Okay. um about what is one design product tool website or a community that you just could not live without
2: okay the adobe creative suite just like hands down for, for sure. sure for yeah. sure one of of those apps gets used i think on a daily basis um and then again back to instagram it's a it it is a great way to share work um no matter how many people are seeing it now, but uh, mm-hmm. a great way to share a great way to network and meet other creatives and also just expose yourself to, to new stuff, new styles,
0: new work. Yeah. There's a great community on there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emily, you've made it to the ask it forward question portion ask of the show. It. Okay. So I have a question for you from my previous guest and um, you then get an opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. Okay. Um, whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. <laughs> okay. So my previous guest was Johnny Vignola. He's a visual designer out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. He's currently working at Crocs. Think like the shoes, Crocs. Okay. okay. Um, so he wanted to ask, what is the biggest, the biggest failure of your career so far? Um, and what did you learn from it?
2: I think that was, it was probably the, the tube top dress disaster on a, on a, bo- like a, the biggest disaster <laughs> like for any, any design thing that I've tried. Yeah. So, yeah, you could, I don't think you could have gotten any worse with that one.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so, so the tube top jug.
2: Yeah, the tube top jug. That's,
0: that's the one. <laughs> tube top jug story. Um, now, from that, was there a lesson or something that you pulled from it that you would, you know, that you now carry throughout your career and you go, oh no, don't do that. Tube top jug, do top jug.
2: That there's always going to be a different way of looking things and mm-hmm. to step back for a minute I think is is the biggest thing, especially when you're looking at design, you can stare at the same thing for hours and hours and hours and um, it's probably more productive that you actually take a step away and either do something else or stop looking at it so mm-hmm. that you can, you can kind of come back with fresh eyes on a fresh perspective that mm-hmm. that'll open maybe
0: entirely different doors or ways of looking at it. Yeah. Definitely. Great lesson. Sure. <laughs> um, Emily, do you have a question for my next guest?
2: Oh, okay. Um, what's the best thing you've designed by accident?
0: Oh, I like that. <laughs> what is okay. the best thing you have designed by accident?
1: By
2: accident. Yeah. I mean, I love experimenting and playing and sometimes you do one random thing, and you're like, that just made it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Happy the yeah. accidents happen. Let's so. try
0: adding pink to this. It's gonna be a disaster, but what heck? <laughs> let's just see what it looks like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. That's great. Emily, you've made it to the end of the show. Thank you so much for spending some time here and being a guest on the podcast.
2: No, thank you so much for having me, Dave. It's been it's been a good time. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Quickie Podcast. I really appreciate you spending some of your time here. I wasn't lying, right? The detergent jug project? (laughs) Funny story. Thank you again for being here. I'll be back tomorrow. So we'll see you then. Take care.